Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and uh, we're going to turn back to the book of Ezekiel. And uh, chapter number 1, we sort of laid a little foundation there uh, Sunday. And I want to look back at that text. We're interested in how the Lord has, or did, take his prophets and uh, he would pour a particular word in them, a specific word, and uh, he would mix and mesh it and stir it and blend it and graft it until the man and the message were inseparable and the sermon and the servant seemed to be one and the same. And uh, we're reminded where the Apostle Paul talks about you and I as God's children. He said that God has, uh, he has fermented uh, that word in us. He said he effectually worketh, the word effectually worketh in us. So much so that we are epistles, are read of all men. And uh, so God's interested not in us just having a book in our hand or a verse in our head, though that's good, and I'm glad we've got those, but he's interested in a word in our hearts. And we can take the time tonight, we will not look at these different prophets and he, see how God uh, worked a specific word in them so he could work that word out of them. And God is working his word in you and in me. Now, that living word, he's working in us because he wants this world to see this word. And uh, he wants this word to be illustrated to this old world. And the best way for him to do that is to work it in me and you and then let it flow out of us as he engrafts it in us. And I want us to look at Ezekiel. We'll read a few verses here and I want to emphasize how Ezekiel, the effect that the word of God had on Ezekiel is that Ezekiel had to live his word. He had to live the Word of God. It's going to be our emphasis, how God gives us a living Word so that we can live that Word and then allow that Word to live out of us. It's sort of like where the rubber meets the road. Ezekiel became God's Word in shoe leather. And that's what you and I are, God's Word in shoe leather. A living Word put in us that we might live and then that word will be lived out of us. Let's look at it here in Ezekiel chapter number 1, verse 3. The Bible said, The word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel. I'm glad for that word, aren't you? The priest, the son of Buzzai, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness that was about it. And out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, and out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Everyone had four faces. Everyone had four wings. Their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. 
They sparkled like the color of burnished brass. They had the hands of a man under the wings on the four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went, every one, straight forward, whither the Spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. I beheld the living creatures. Behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with four faces, and the appearance of the wheels and their work was like the color of beryl. And they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as were a wheel in the midst of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went. Thither was their spirit to go. And the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. When those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. When those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creatures was as the color of terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. And under the firmament of their wings uh, there were their wings straight, the one toward the other. Everyone had two, which covered on this side, and everyone had two, which covered on that side their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of a great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of an host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads when they stood and had let down their wings. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne. As the appearance of a sapphire stone upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his lowlands even upward, from the appearance of his lowlands even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about it. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This 
was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. And he said unto me, chapter 2, verse 1, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I will send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even uh, unto this very day. Look in verse 9. And when I looked, behold, an hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. He spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations and mournings and woe. Chapter 3, verse 1, Moreover he said unto me, Son of man, Eat that thou findest, eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go get thee into the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. Verse 10, moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I will speak unto thee, receive in thine heart, and hear with thine ear. Verse 15, then I came to them of the captivity of Tel Aviv that dwelt in the river of Kabar, and I sat there where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. Ezekiel is a prophet whom God put a word in that he would have to live by. If you've studied or read the book of Ezekiel, you can see easily the effect of the word of God on his life. He had to live his sermon. As a matter of fact, he had to live it before he ever preached it. He lived it on his side. Do you remember how that the Lord came to him and said, I've got a message for Israel about captivity, and I'm going to work a word in you and let you live it before them. And so he made him lay on his side for uh, 390 days, a message to Israel of captivity. And then he said, flop over on the other side for 40 days. That's a message to Judah of uh, captivity. He had to live it even on his side. He had to live it with the scissors. You remember how the Lord told him to get a bad haircut. He said, I want you to get all your hair cut off, and then I want you to separate it in three sections. I want you to take one section, and I want you to burn it. I want you to take another section and chop it up in another section and uh, cast it to the wind, and said, they're going to ask you what that's all about, Ezekiel, and you're going to say to them, God, give me a word to live, a living word to live in me and out of me, and it's a message to you that uh, there's going to come a day when uh, the enemy is going to come in and take over, and a third of you will be burned with fire, a third of you cut up, and a third of you cast to the wind and the other nations. He was given a word about sorrow and sadness, uh, the Lord came to him and said, Ezekiel, your wife's going to die. And I uh, said, but I don't want you to mourn uh, about that. And, of course, that was a big thing in those days. Mourning, they even had paid mourners. And uh, you remember in the Old Testament, they would mourn sometimes for 40 days over uh, a Jacob or over an Abraham or somebody that passed away. But he said, you're not going to shed one tear. 
And they're going to come to you and say, Now, Ezekiel, how come it is your wife has died and you're not even crying? And you're going to take the word that I'm going to make you live and deliver it unto them and tell them that the day is going to come when the enemy is going to come in upon you and, and your children and your wives shall die. But the enemy will not even give you a chance to have a funeral. They won't give you a chance to have a memorial. They won't give you a chance uh, to even mourn over your loved ones. It seemed as though that he just had to live all the way through the book of Ezekiel. He had to live his message out. But I want to say to you that's not unlike you and I. God gives us a book not just to carry, but he gives us a book to live. And he puts this word in our hearts, and this word gets in our hands, and this word gets in our eyes, and this word gets in our, in our mouth, and this word gets in our feet, and, and uh, the true living word of God just begins. When an old sinner gets saved, the word of God gets in him, and it begins to live out of him. And, and the more you're with God, the more you hear this word, the more this word will transform you, and the word will live out of you. So others may be able to see that that living word of God that God places, a word to live by. And can I say to you that if God Almighty has a word for you tonight, it'll be a word that you'll have to live out. It'll be a word that you'll have to live. Now, I'm emphasizing this word in Ezekiel's life because I want us to see how the Lord worked this word in Ezekiel. I think it's sort of the same way that he works the word of God into me and in you. He does it three ways, and I want to point it out uh, in, in this text. The working of the word of God into Ezekiel's heart and into Ezekiel's life as he works this word of God into your heart and as he works this word of God into my heart and into my life. I want us to look, first of all, in chapter number one and and I want to emphasize how God brought the Word of God, God brought His Word into Ezekiel's life through living creatures. Did you notice that? Uh, I didn't count them, I didn't enumerate them, I think seven, eight, nine times. It talks about living creatures. Now, I don't want you to get all hung up and fantasize about what these living creatures look like and all those other things. Uh, to me, they're just beefed up angels on steroids or something maybe. Uh, but the emphasis here is, is God's using these creatures to get Ezekiel's attention and uh, to influence him and invade his world with the word of God. We see it in several ways, but you can look down in verse number 24. He said, man, out of that thing came a voice. Said it, was, it was as if it was uh, the voice of, uh, of God. And he keeps hearing, hearing and in chapter 2, he hears the, the voice of God. He gets a word coming out of that, out of that living uh, creature. Now, I think maybe we can safely say this, that Ezekiel is the first person to ever encounter a UFO. Something that he'd never seen before. He's walking along one day, minding his own business, and all of a sudden he sees four living creatures. Now, when I think about a creature, just that word in and of itself reminds me of something that is out of the norm as far as my everyday natural uh, lifestyle and living. 
It's something that is, uh, it is not uh, what you would do every day or you would encounter every day. It's certainly for Ezekiel. It's something that his life has not been filled with. Uh, when I think about a uh, creature, I, I think about spiders and I think about rattlesnakes and, and uh, I think about all of those bugs and creatures that are not normal to my everyday living. I just I don't I don't eat with spiders, and I don't I don't like to think there's a spider anywhere around when I'm eating. And I mean they're creepy crawling. They got all of them legs and them big old eyes, and they suck the fluid out of other bugs. And even some spiders eat their husbands. And I just I don't like that type of thing. And the snakes, I just can't bear the sn- and rats and things. They're, to me, they're, 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 they're sort of, they have the creature effect to me because they're, they're not according to my normal everyday uh, living, I guess you'd say. They, they have a, a, an effect on me, a creature-like effect upon me. And here it is, Ezekiel, he's facing something that is... Uh, it has a creature-like effect because it is, it's out of the norm. It's not an everyday experience with him. And it's an invasion into his world from heaven. God sending four creatures into his life and they are, they are invading his world. He's having an out-of-the-world, out-of-this-world experience. Uh, he's having a sensation uh, with something that he's never known anything before uh, about. God is, is bringing his word into his life. I don't know about you, but in my experience of salvation, it was sort of like a creature-like experience. And uh, God, when he came to me with the gospel, oh boy, I'm going to tell you, convicted my heart. Uh, that, was, uh, that was an out-of-this-world experience, was it not? Uh, my world, my little everyday normal lifestyle was invaded by a big God. And a creature like, I mean, that, that conviction, that Holy Ghost, that, that Word of God, he, these creatures. Now, Ezekiel sees some things in these creatures that he's really never seen before. I notice that uh, he mentioned several times that he sees the Spirit in these creatures. He's introduced to the power of the Spirit of God that lifts these creatures up and moves these creatures and does wondrous things inside of these creatures. He's witnessing the working of the Spirit of God out of these creatures. And uh, not only that, but I notice that he talks about uh, he sees a throne above these creatures. Uh, he sees what I would call the throne of God. Then he said, there's a man sitting on that throne. Well, I want to ask you, who do you think that was? Uh, ain't only one man I think would come out of heaven sitting on any kind of throne. That's right. And I think out of this creature that's come into his life, he is, he is witnessing the Spirit of God, he is seeing the throne of God, and uh, he has seen uh, the Son of God, and and then he, he goes on to say why. He said, I got to looking at that creature and he said, I, I saw the glory of God. 
And then he emphasizes uh, all the way through that that there was the effect of hearing and experiencing the Word of God. And out of this world invasion, coming out of heaven into Ezekiel's life, in a creature-like effect, God brings to him the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the throne of God, the glory of God, and the Son of God. He said, I saw all that in just one sweep. I just want to ask you, you ever, you ever seen any out-of-this-world things? Things that you couldn't see in school. Things that you couldn't learn at a university. Things that nothing of this world could put on your mind. But God Almighty came down one day and he took his word and he invaded your world and you realized for the first time in your life that this wasn't just religion and this wasn't just churchology, but there's something out of this world to it. There was a Spirit of God and there was a throne of God and there was a Son of God and there was the glory of God and, and I tell you, there was the Word of God. I'm glad for the day when God in a creature-like aspect invaded my world with things that were not normal to my everyday experience. Yes, sir. <laughs> and don't, don't, wonder, don't wonder why people look at you kind of strange. When, you, when God has invaded your world. That's what he did. He invaded, he, he invaded his world with this creature life, bringing these things to him. But you know, I noticed that there is not only these heavenly creatures that have come into Ezekiel's little world, but as a result of God's coming into Ezekiel's little world, there's another creature. You know, that verse said, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? A new what? Creepy crawly. See, that's why the world thinks you're strange for going to church on Monday night. The world thinks you're strange when you raise your hand to praise the Lord. The world thinks you're strange in these areas of the things of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the Son of God, and so on. They think you're strange because it's it's almost like you're creature-like. When an old drunk gets saved, I'm going to tell you, other members of the family get to looking at him like he's a creature. See, Ezekiel, not only did God bring these things down to Ezekiel's uh, mind where he could see them, but he brought them into his heart. And now he starts acting sort of like a creature. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that he's he started acting like a creature. Well, read his, start reading what he does. Could you imagine if he's the pastor of the, of the Baptist church there in Israel, Jerusalem, and, and man, he's seen, or uh, 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 over in Babylon, he's seen, I tell you what God has brought into his life. And first thing he does, first, first thing he does, he sits around and... Uh, Talks about seeing things. Hey, did y'all see that? Did you see that? Man, look at that. Ain't that wonderful? And everybody else has said, boy, he's got dementia. The preacher's, he's got Alzheimer. I mean, he's seeing things. 
you ever see things that folks don't see? Huh? You start trying to tell this world what you've seen, and they look at you kind of like you're strange. They think you're a little off your rocker. And not only that, he starts hearing voices. Everything he does, he says, there's somebody said, Ezekiel, how come? How come you got your hair cut? He said, the Lord told me to. <laughs> Said, so, well, now, Ezekiel, how come it is? You're, why are you doing He said, the Lord told me to. So I just said, right here, but hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Boy, I love to be in a service where there's several saints that are tuned in to the same voice, and God begin to speak, and they'll start looking at one another. Uh, and they're all hearing the same thing, and they're all seeing the same thing, and you go home and try to tell somebody what you saw and heard, and you can't tell it to save your life. Huh? <laughs> it just can't be told. I was in a service just last week on a Tuesday night. I'm going to tell hadn't been one like that in years, 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 years. And I felt sorry for the people, because I knew the first thing is you want to try to call somebody and tell them. <laughs> and it's the hardest thing in the world. To try to share with folks what God Almighty has shown you and what God has told you, and they don't understand a lot of times. Even other Christians don't understand what why you're doing what you're doing because you heard a word from God. See? And he sort of got creature like now. He sees visions and he hears voices. And not only that, now he's eating books. Did you notice that? He said he gave him a book. What did he do with that book? He ate that book. <laughs> uh-uh. Wouldn't you think a man's a little creature like that? He done it. You ever sit around and eat books? Well, the brother said that. Told me, and I said, I sat on the front porch. I said, I Reading the Bible. You know what he's doing? He's eating books. Somebody said, the poor old man, all he does is sit out there on the front porch, turn pages. They got no clue. I don't know what's wrong with him. We used to fish and hunt. We used to run around together. Had good times on Saturday. All he wants to do is just eat books. Hmm? The Lord saved me 40 years, almost 40 years ago. Never read one verse of the Bible. And for 40 years, all I've done is go and eat milk. And it's sweet. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ezekiel said, I ate the milk and it was sweet. But wouldn't you think a man's crazy if you went down to the library and sat back there and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm eating as many books as I can. Let's turn the creature into him. Turn him into a creature. Stood up and told his church, no doubt. He said, I'm holding meeting next week. They said, where's it going to be? He said, down at the graveyard. You read it. Ezekiel 37. So, well, preach ain't nobody down there but dead folks. He said, I know it. So, why are you preaching down there? The Lord told me to. Went down there to a valley of nothing but dry bones and got up and preached like he had a hundred thousand living folks there. <laughs> you ever preach to the dead? 
Well, that's what happened to me. I went and wandered into an old church, and a fellow got up and started preaching to the dead. He said, you're dead in trespasses and sin. I said, I know it. I can't even feel a heartbeat. I'm so lost. <laughs> that's what I do. I go across the country looking for dead people. It's just thrilled. The more, the merrier. <laughs> Hope we got some dead in here tonight. Because there's power in this book and in this word to have a resurrection. That's right. That's right. It says, Ezekiel, can we come? No, not unless you're dead. That means ain't for nobody but dead folks. <laughs> they said the man's gone up his rocker. Look at his haircut. He's eating bugs. He's seeing visions. And he's, and he's hearing voices and he's preaching in the graveyard. Sounds to me like he's ruined for this old world. He'll never be the same again because he had a divine Holy Ghost visitation and God birthed his word in him. How many times has an old sinner got birthed? Yes, sir. And his running buddy said, Oh, we'll see you Saturday night out there at the out there at the tavern. He didn't show up. He'd had a out of this world experience. Amen. It takes it. And ain't that ain't that amazing? Yes. I drive down the road talking out loud. Don't you? You ever talk out loud to the Lord? Lord, you're so good. What a blessing. <laughs> Better watch out here. Lord, I just want to thank you for what you've done. I've preached. Yeah. Spitting all over the windshield. <laughs> and people looking at me, I just, you, lose, you lose contact. And then finally you come to yourself and everybody's looking at you on all sides. Yeah. <laughs> I just look and grin like I just checked out the institute. <laughs> they let me out for a day. We're peculiar people. You're a bunch of crazy folks. You're crazy. <laughs> if God's got in you, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. They think what we're doing is crazy. I tell that when I tell folks that they say, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, well, I'm a preacher. What are you pastor? I said, well, I don't. I'm a evangelist. They said, what's that? I said, well, I just travel around the country preaching. They said, well, don't they have preachers? I said, yeah. Well, how come you do it? The Lord told me to. Sure, right. <laughs> I heard a voice. Amen. I just go around listening for voices. I love, I love it when I hear it. I can just grab a saint by the hand and they can say a word. And I, man, I can just feel it. I can feel the flow. Hmm? Don't you love it when a man of God gets up and opens the book and you realize that you're not sitting under just another sermon, but the all of God's are flowing out of that man and you getting to witness that? Don't you love it when a choir gets up to sing and you realize that this just ain't the ordinary situation, the Holy Ghost is flowing inside of that? Don't you love it when you get down to pray and you realize you're not just saying words, but heaven has come down and glory has filled your soul. You just had another out-of-this-world experience. God's been sending creatures. 
spooky. The word is coming. He's sending it. He's invading his world through living creatures. Sort of addled him. I read that last verse over in verse 15, chapter 3, said he was astonished. You know what that word astonished? It shocked me when I looked it up. You can look it up in your strong result. It means to punch somebody in the face. That'd be a shocker, wouldn't it? Somebody just walk up for no reason, just like, boop. You just go sit down somewhere and say, what was that all about? What'd I say? And what God is doing with his word is he's getting Ezekiel's attention. And Ezekiel went over there and sat down for seven days like he was in a, in a trance. Ah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Ah. Woo. Ah. Yes, sir. Everybody else is looking at him. You ever do that? Just have to find you a place to sit down and say, oh, whoo, ah, mm, I never, never seen, oh, Lord, is that, whoo, is that right? <laughs> Living creatures. But now, secondly, I want you to notice with me that the Lord is, the Lord is, uh, he's getting Ezekiel's attention. And he's captivating Ezekiel in the effect of the word of God through living creatures. But another thing I notice in this chapter is the, the emphasis on living color. <laughs> I never had noticed color in the Bible until I got to looking at this. And color has a whole new meaning. I used to just read the words said Red Sea and, and the Scarlet Thread. Oh, I don't just read it that way anymore. <laughs> Aren't you glad this thing with the Lord is not just black and white? Didn't he put color in your life when the word of God came in? That's why Peter talked about the manifold grace of God. It means the many color. God will put a color of his word in you that, well, he won't put in me, but then he'll put a color in me he hadn't put in you. He just goes around putting different colors of his word in us, and he blends us together like a puzzle. And you stand back and look and say, man, look at all those colors. <laughs> He'll make a certain portion of this word so real to you and it'll become so bright and it'll become so brilliant and it'll become so glorious and it'll just, it'll just shine out of you in that, in that color. <laughs> You'll be saying, that's the bluest blue i ever seen. That's the reddest red i ever seen. I love that color! <laughs> He said, Preacher, what are you talking? Well, do you read this chapter? When you, matter of fact, you can read it all through Ezekiel. But he emphasizes, he said, Man, out of this thing was a lot of color that I'd never noticed before. He said in verse number four, he said, uh, He talked about the brightness about it. And out of the midst thereof, the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. And he said in verse number 7, it sparkled like the color of burnished breath. Notice his emphasis there. He said it sparkled like burning brass. It was, it was bright. Emphasizing that color, he said in verse number 13, the brightness out of it. He said the fire was bright, and out of the fire came forth, it's lightning. And he said in verse 14, it's like the flash of lightning. 
And verse 22, he talks about the color of terrible crystal. He said, man, I'm talking about color, the appearance in verse 26 of the sapphire stone. And, and uh, then he talks in 27 about color. And then it seems like he caps it all off in verse 28. He said, the only way I can tell you is it has the appearance of a bow that is in the cloud. So it had all them colors in it as a rainbow does. He said it just came to life. Well, can't you go back to a day when this book was nothing but black and white to you? I remember my daughter used to, she told me recently, she, uh, if I was going to, had to chastise the children, I'd send them to the room and give them a few moments to think about it. But if I just wanted to counsel them for something they'd done, and I didn't think I'd, they, they needed to be, I'd send them to my study. And she said, Dad, you know, when you'd send me in that study in there and leave me in there five or ten minutes, she said, the thing that bothered me the most was not what she was going to say. She said, it's all them godly books. <laughs> she knew you'd done wrong, all them godly books. <laughs> but I can remember a day, can't you remember a day when this book, it didn't mean no more to you than black on white. It didn't say nothing to you. You couldn't get nothing out of it and you couldn't understand why anybody else got anything out of it. And then one day, God invaded your life, and son, did he turn the light on inside this book. <laughs> you said, man, did you see that? Did you see that over there? I was reading the other day over here. Man, Rob, I didn't realize. I've read it a dozen times, but man, look at that. It's kind of like fireworks. The word of God becomes like fireworks. You know, the 4th of July or New Year's Eve fireworks, and that's in one of the Boom and send it out. Boom and you look and say, "Well, that's nice. That's nice." Boom. And then after a while, they'll get some more, and it's a boom, 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 boom. And after a while, they'll give the grand finale, and it's ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. Whoa! Look at that. That's what I like about getting in the study or getting this, meditating on the Word of God. The Lord will bring a piece of His Word in my heart, a verse way over there and somewhere I hadn't even thought about it, and it'll go boom. That's the good thing about preaching, see, is when all them things go off, you can go tell somebody else what you thought. That's what I'm doing tonight. I just read over in his ass. All I've done is just read over there, and I got to reading over there, and it went boom, 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 boom. Oh, I think I'll tell somebody. Just see that, the brightness of it, the sparkle of it. It's like lightning. That's when you're in the house of God and the man of God preaches and the Lord just sends up a big brightness about that text that you'll never get over. When you get old, you'll say, you know, I heard a man preach on that one time. Let me tell you what he said. It'll have a color to it. A fragrance about it. Huh? And it's boom. You'll be going through some kind of heartache and some trouble and God Almighty will bring a verse right into your life and Boom. That verse will mean so much to you. It'll become so real to you. The colors. Think about it. And old Noah stepped off of that ark and raised his head and looked. Shem, come here. Ham, get your mama. Japheth, 
Look at that. You know where that came out of? It came out of his word. Boy, ain't it perfect? He took Moses over there and let him cross the what? Not just the sea. He said, it's the Red Sea. They never got over there. They got on the other side. They sung about it. No, I wasn't just no sea. It was red. You said, preacher, is it really red? I've been there. I was preaching for uh, an Egyptian and uh, preached over there 10 days all over Egypt. We was, we was going from Cairo, Egypt, to Alexander, Egypt, and it's right in there that the Mediterranean Sea uh, uh, comes together with the Red Sea. And I'm driving out through there, and, and I've got it on video. I made him stop. I've got it on video. And the water, the water was as red as blood. And I said to him, stop. Whoa, wait a minute. He said, what is it? I said, what is all that red water out there, an ocean of it? That is the Red Sea. And down through the years, we've all rejoiced and thank God for the night the children of Israel crossed the what? Red Sea. Oh, Rahab, she didn't just talk about no rag she throwed out the window. She said, son, it was a scarlet thread that marked that window. <laughs> it's scarlet. David wrote the 23rd Psalm. He said, he didn't just leave me. He didn't cause me to lie down just in pastures. Why did he say green? Boy, green pastures. <laughs> Jacob didn't just have a coat. He had a coat of... Man, you can just take that all through the Bible. And God puts sparkle in his word. And God puts lightning in his word. And God puts brilliance in his word. And it all comes into your heart so it can come out of you when you're talking to other folks. You say, you ever seen this? You need to read that. A living word that came through a living creature. It came in living color. But did you, notice, did you know that even the high priest, on his ephod, he had 12 stones, one for each tribe, and all 12 of them were different colors. He's carrying the whole nation of Israel in before God in living color. I'm glad I ain't got no black and white religion. Live in color. You ain't got no business watching fireworks if you can't get excited about them. Well, you want to go out there and all that crowd and waste all your time sitting out there, and man, the grand finale goes off and you just start. Y'all ready to go? I don't want to go with nobody like that. Do you? I mean, if you ain't going to get excited about the fireworks, don't go with me. Oh, I like it when the young ones were. Oh, look! Look! Did you see that one? Did you see that one? Did you see that one? Everybody see that one! And they all leave and they'll say, Man, I believe that's the best fireworks I've ever seen. And ain't you ever said that? I believe that's the best sermon I ever heard. I believe that's the best I ever heard that song sung. I believe that's the best of choirs ever. All that is is God's shooting off 
fireworks in your heart and your life. Let you, let you enjoy him in living power. This, this word of God comes into his life and through these living creatures and in living color, but I notice it comes in a living circuit. Now let me just mention this, and it blesses me, and I hope it will bless you. We emphasized yesterday morning how the word of God came unto Ezekiel. The energy's in the book. If it ever gets in you, he'll do the work. It'll do the work. For whatever God wants in your life or wants you to do, the energy and the power is in the book. Don't ever think God called you to do something and left it up to you to accomplish it because you can't do anything. Without me, he said you can do nothing. But I'm going to tell you something. He gave you the living word of God that can live in you and out of you and can accomplish. He said, my word that uh, I have sent forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish. Now, even though it's going through Moses and it's going through Ezekiel and it's going through Jeremiah, it ain't Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Moses that God's depending on. It's it, the Word of God. And as I come before you this week preaching the Word of God, I am not coming with a dependence upon myself or that I may be able to say something or that I may be able to do something. None of that counts. But thank God if somehow the Word of God can get lost sideways in your heart. It'll save a sinner. It'll encourage a saint. It'll lift a burden. It'll do the work. Now, Everything that God gives us works. Everything that comes from God works in a circuit. I use that word circuit like electricity. flows in a circuit. Returns to the place from whence it came. For instance, let's say, let's talk about prayer. Prayer is not human effort and ideology. Prayer is not you coming up with an ingenious idea about what needs to be done, and then you take it to God, and you tell God what you thought of, and the Lord says, wow, why didn't we think of that? Gabriel, you and Michael, get on to that and see if that won't work. No, that's not prayer. Prayer is God knowing what he wants done, allows you in the circuit burdens your heart and prays through you to pray back to him what he wanted all to begin with. Isn't that right? Find it anywhere in the Bible, see if it ain't so. Hannah prayed for a little boy, didn't she? But who wanted that little boy even more than she did? Samuel was in the will of God. Heaven had that boy ordered up and burdened this girl's heart for it. All we're doing is plugging into the circuit. Prayer is just plugging into what God already wants done. Let me pray through you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not human intellect. Faith. Where'd you get faith? Oh, I said, I was born with it. Oh, you were? No. Jesus is the author and finisher. He is faith embodied. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the... said, I'm living off his faith. That's right. So I didn't have nothing to start with. That's right. See, Jesus is the only one could believe the Father for everything the Father could do. We couldn't believe him. That's right. Huh? 
It's God working faith in you so you can believe him back. If he didn't give you the faith, you couldn't believe nothing. He works it in you and works it out of him right back to the Father. Isn't that true? Now you're going to make me illustrate it. John chapter number 6, the feeding of the 5,000. I'll run right through it. How many of them 12 believed that Jesus could feed those 5,000? How many of them? None of them. That means none of them had any faith on that matter, did they? But what, did he operate off of what they believed? No, he said, have them sit down. Now, can you imagine when he had them sit down and Jesus began, of course, to break that bread once it gets into his hands? It's amazing how it multiplies. But Jesus said, have them sit down. Can you imagine the disciples? And I'm not throwing any stones at them. I'd have felt the same way. Well, y'all sit down. We ain't got no food. We ain't got enough for all of you. And I don't know why he's even having to sit down. But just go ahead. We'll do the best we can. That's the way I'd have said. It'd be kind of like your husband and you riding home on Sunday morning and you're looking over at your wife and saying, I forgot to tell you, I invited the whole church over for dinner. It's going to be rough. Somebody's going to get killed. But they began, they had no faith, no faith, no faith. And he began to break the bread and put it in. And they were set by fifties and a hundred and, and there were 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And by all estimates, there had to be at least fifteen to 20,000 people there. Who knows how many was there that, at that time? And they went back to them. Can you see Simon Peter going back to them? And he said, honey, just get one because we're not going to make it very far. Just one and half it with her. And he don't look like he needs one, so we'll just skip him. And we're just here, just get y'all one. And Now please don't get more than one. If you're not hungry, don't even get one. Huh? Wouldn't you have felt that way if you went out there with five loaves and two fishes? You knew how much you had, and you're looking at somewhere around fifteen to 20,000 people, and it's up to you to carry it out there? But I wonder what happened to them when they got back around, and it, it, I mean, they've, got, they've only got back to 500. They got back to 1,000. They got back to 2,000. They've gone way back here to 5,000, 7,000. Now they've moved back to 9,000. They're back here at 13, 15,000. They're back here at 18,000. You wonder how they're acting out back here at 18,000. I think it's changed. Huh? Hey, bro, you got any grand yellows? Put some in your pocket. We got more we're going to have to carry out of here. We got baskets that we're going to have to load. Here, get all you want. Get two or three hands for Here, all you want. Take here, get all you can. Fill all your pockets. Their pockets everything. Fill them all up. Where'd they get the faith? When they went home, you know what they said to their loved ones? You ain't going to believe this, honey. But you can feed 20,000 people on five loaves and two fishes. What? How can you do that? Don't ask me, but we did it. Got in the hands of the Lord and we did it. Huh? Now I'm going to ask you something. Whose faith are they operating off from? They didn't have it. If it had been up to them, then people would have never seen a miracle and they walked away hungry. And if it was up to you, everybody died and go to hell. There wouldn't be no hope, but I'm glad we've got the Savior whose faith we can operate off from. Just get in a circuit and let his faith do the operating. But it's the same way with the Word of God. What the Word of God, when it comes in your life, it doesn't come in your life just with instruction trying to tell you and hoping maybe you can pick up, 
pick yourself up by the bootstraps and do better and all this other stuff. But the Word of God comes into your life. It is the power of God and the salvation. It is the strength for the Christian life. And it comes into your life like a circuit and it'll pick you up. That's See what he said to Ezekiel. Look, look back in Ezekiel chapter number Chapter number two. I, I want you to see this. This is another one of them fireworks. He said in verse number one, chapter two, He said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. Stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and... Did Ezekiel get up? Did Ezekiel stand up? God set him up. Isn't that the way the word, the Lord works through the spirit of his word? Saves you, fills you, gives you that desire, gives you that energy and that strength. And then the word comes into your life. All the word of God's force come into your life to carry you. God, he didn't just say, he didn't save you and say, all right, here's your map now. If you can make it, we're having a wedding at the end of this thing, but you'll have to watch your clothes. I'd never make it, would you? Salvation is not only God giving us a salvation, but it's giving us the transportation. He said, Ezekiel, I've got things for you to do now, boy. All you need to do is get on the Word and ride the Word. And he said, that Word will ride you all the way to the fulfillment of my Word. Trusting God's word when it comes into your life will be the energy and the power and the source. In verse number 12, he says it again. The spirit of verse 11 talks about the word. In verse number 12, said, Then the spirit took me up. In verse 14, so the spirit lifted me up and took me away and so on. It's the word of God that does. Here's the energy. Here's the strength. Here is the carrying. You see, it was the word of God in Noah's life that carried him through the storm, set him on dry ground. If Ezekiel accomplishes all God wants him to accomplish, he's going to have to have something to ride. Honey, I'm going to tell you, this old world ain't doing nothing but getting more wicked and wicked every day. You need something to ride through here. Right here's your ride. Just ride that old book. It'll carry right through everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, don't you? Yeah. Yes, sir. He gave him a word that he could he could ride. See, the Lord sent a word into his life. The Lord sends a word into your life. A word about where you're at and what you're going through or where you need to be or what he wants you to do. And all he expects you to do is just get on. And then just ride the word. Somebody said, Well, I just tell you the Christian life is so hard. I just it's I just can't hardly quit walking. What are you walking for? Yeah. You got a ride. Right. Here's your ride. <laughs> You're walking through all them trying to figure out everything. I say, is this the right way? Is that the Ah, that's oh, man. I said, Did we take a left here or a right or is it straight ahead or what? No. This word's going to go right straight to him if you're on it. Amen. It'll take you all the way. The living word of God. A book we can live. Lives in us. 
and it lives out of us. Paul said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. We don't have to do that. We've got a word. And honey, if there's ever an hour in which mankind has lived, in which they needed a word, I believe that we're facing days that the only thing that's going to sustain us is a word from God. Let's stand about our heads.